What's going on, guys? This is Dave Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks. This is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog just added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100, time, 100 times. That's right. Turn $5 and do $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away 100 k Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for, for 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Last-minute tickets, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN and get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And don't forget our giveaway. We're giving away $3,000 in our NFL Second Chance Survivor Contest presented by Corey Pinkston and Barker Barking Dog Properties. Free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Bachelor Survivor. Thank you, Corey Pinkston and Barking Dog Properties. We're back. And it is, it's crazy. It's week seven. Six teams are on by. Two were on by last week. Six were on, six are on by this week. Zero are on by next week. That math doesn't compute when you divide you divide three three weeks up. You think it would be four four and four? Nah, let's just do two zero and two six and zero. Um, let's just do it that way because it's fun and it makes chaos. We also have a lot of injuries to talk about today. We are going to talk about consistency. Brad and I talked a lot about it this offseason. Consistency is important when you're looking at some of these players. If you're playing best ball. Consistency doesn't really matter. When you're playing fantasy football, redraft, or dynasty, those guys that you can put in your lineup and not worry about it, it's, it's kind of nice. We're going to talk about some of those guys. Brad's got his notebook, so he's going to talk about some target share reports and things that we've we've gone through. Brad, what's going on, man? Hey, it's just another day. It's starting to get cold. The kids are playing soccer. It's rainy. You're sitting in a chair. I got the computer out trying to get an article done, working. It's same old shit, just a different day, to be completely honest. But you know what is a beautiful thing, and you know what makes the week bearable? Me being able to go to work, wearing my Cleveland Browns best, with my head held high after an excellent defensive display against the San Francisco 49ers, coming out with a win, it feels good. Feels good. Yeah, I, the excellent defense, I can have uh, I, I can have that, um, but I didn't come away with the win, um, even though the Giants played much better than many people expected. Next week, we're going to talk about trade targets. My Giants could be involved in the selling of players at the trade deadline. There's a couple teams already that seem to be out of it and they could be sellers. And there's some really, really good football teams that could be buyers. And speaking of selling and buying, these could be some of your guys. So pay attention. Some of these guys that are consistent, some of these guys that are not consistent might be uh, someone you want to sell. So Brad, what do we got? Let's start us off. Hey, look, We're going to do some target share stuff. I've been talking about it for weeks up to this point. We're now starting to get to, hey, you know, there's pretty minor changes. The biggest changes you see are guys that got hurt and come back or guys that missed a week and come back. 
So I'm going to go through a few deep sleepers. And as always, you can get a lot more data and a lot more info. If you go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, just take a look. Week, blah, target share report. And you'll be able to see everything. You'll be able to see that we are hitting on most of these guys the week before they hit because this data is extremely valuable to give you an edge across your league mates through the first three to four weeks of the season. But now it's those deeper sleepers. So the first guy I want to talk about is one of your guys, Dave, Jalen Hyatt, a guy that has continued to just see more and more snaps. He's got he's up to 76, I'm sorry, 73% of snaps this week. And it's just more and more involvement. Rookie. They're realizing, hey, we don't have much at the wide receiver position. Isaiah Hodgins really is a waiver wire guy. He's a guy that we picked up off waivers after the Bills dropped him and nothing more. Wandale Robinson, as much targets as he's getting right now, he's not turning him much, turning him into many yards right now because he's very shortly returned from an ACL injury. Paris Campbell, another guy, just a guy. They've got a bunch of guys right now, and Darren Waller has not really played up to snuff with the contract that they gave him, so they've given Hyatt more and more and more opportunity, and we haven't necessarily seen it come to fantasy production yet, but that's part of the reason we talk about this target share. We talk about how many routes these guys are running. He's out on the field a lot now. So it's only a matter of time before that speed starts to go on display, regardless of Tyrod Taylor being at quarterback or not. Tyrod can stretch the field a little bit. He's got the arm to do it. And so does Daniel Jones, who actually has one of the prettier deep balls, if you ask my personal opinion about it. So, Dave, as the resident Giants fan, where are you at with Jalen Hyatt? Am I crazy or is it is it a smoke screen or for real with Jalen Hyatt and the opportunity that he has? Muted, bud. Unnecessary roughness uh, on some of the players there. Um, but the, the opportunity is rising. The Giants used third-round pick on him. The Giants, they were looking at Jalen Hyatt in the second round, but they wanted their center. And so they like him. Um, as far as being consistent, you know, fantasy option, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I do do, you know, players like him can be inconsistent. Talking about the inconsistencies, it's consistency show. But um, he had a big play called back because of an offensive lineman downfield, a yard and a half. And so, um, like, he's seeing more and more, and he looks good. And, you know, as the Giants' offensive line gets healthier, they'll be able to, you know, hopefully be able to, to get these guys down the field. And Jalen Hyatt, is he's going to be a big play guy. Um, and, you know, they're going to use him, try to get him in space to use that speed because it's not just a straight-line guy. He's quick. And he does a lot of damage on, you know, bubble screens and slants and stuff. So absolutely, absolutely spot on with uh, buying on Jalen Hyatt. Love it. All right. We talked about your New York Giants. We got to, we can't go through a pod without talking my Cleveland Browns. And the guy to pay attention to for me here is Elijah Moore. The dude is on the field a ton, no less than 75% of snaps throughout the season. And he's seen seven-plus targets four out of the five games that the Cleveland Browns have played this season. It just 
hasn't really come to fruition yet. But if you look at the challenging defenses they've played, the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, some of the league's best defenses have been Elijah Moore's competition, but I expect him to get unlocked a little bit over the course of the next three weeks as the Browns play the Indianapolis Colts, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Arizona Cardinals, three of the lesser defenses in the NFL from a passing game perspective. So I expect that target share to stick with Elijah Moore, but I expect to see a little bit more yardage, a little bit more explosiveness. If you watch this game last week with P.J. Walker, there were two pretty significant catches uh, that P.J. just missed the throws to a wide open Elijah Moore, roughly 15 to 20 yards down the field. You, uh, you throw those two in there. Now he has a really pretty solid game this week with maybe six catches for maybe 60 yards instead of his four catches this week that he had. So I expect more out of Elijah Moore. He's getting the opportunity, not only running routes, but he's also getting the targets and it's eventually going to capitalize. So Dave, am I looking through my normal shit brown colored glasses right now? Or is Elijah Moore a buy low candidate and potentially an asset to your fantasy team moving forward? Yeah, I mean, he looks like a buy-low candidate. And I think the fact that you haven't seen the production, you could see some of these two and four, three and three, one and five teams wanting to bail because, you know, like like a lot of us, you know, it was Elijah Moore season again. And, you know, it's a letdown when that guy you maybe trade a second-round pick for or use pretty decent capital for ends up not doing much. But I'm a fan. I definitely would target him if the price is right. All right, I got one more that we'll cover before we move on. But this one's a little bit heavier duty. This is not a sleeper. This is a guy we talked a little bit about in our free agency segment a couple weeks ago when we talked through all of the free agents going into the 2024 season. And that's going to be T. Higgins, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. And you say, Brad, he's not a sleeper. He's not not a buy low. But I really think now is the time to go and look at him. He has not produced more than 21 yards receiving outside of one game out of the five this year. But, however, he's seen eight targets, 12 targets, eight targets again. And then the last two games, one, he got hurt halfway through. He was on track for, guess what, eight targets, seeing four targets through 50% of snaps. And then again, same thing this week, coming back from injury, he saw four targets on 50% of snaps again. But I think going into the bye, seeing three really bad games from T. Higgins up to this point, and then when they come back from the bye, it's tough because they play the San Francisco 49ers post-bye. Then they play the Buffalo Bills after that. So I think you could swing a narrative right now that, hey, Look, T. Higgins not producing for you. You're in a win-now type of situation. He's got a bye week this week. Then he's up against San Francisco and Buffalo. You can't afford to have him in your lineup three weeks in a row and give you this production. Let me take him off your hands for you. I'll give you Keenan Allen for T. Higgins. 
Something like that in a dynasty format, I am absolutely looking at doing. If I can move a 31-year-old wide receiver to go and get a 24-year-old who's going into free agency that I personally believe has the ability to be an alpha in an offense, I think is a move I'd definitely be definitely be looking to make. So, Dave, I saw you do my my T. Higgins not top 15 kind of kind of shoulder shrug a little bit there for a second. So am I crazy for going and paying for T Higgins right now? Well, we'll talk about that in a second. The first thing I want to do is talk about SGPN second chance survivor contest NFL. It's NFL gambling podcast review already knocked out of the NFL survivor. Don't worry. We got you covered with the SGPN second chance survivor presented by Corey Pinkston and barking dog properties. $3,000 $3,000 up for grabs. Winner takes all. Starts this weekend. Sign up now. SportsGamblingPodcast.com backslash Survivor. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com backslash Survivor. NFL Gambling Contest, guys, are doing a review contest. Leave an Apple Podcast review with your favorite NFL, your favorite TD-related bet for this weekend. Biggest winner gets $50 gift card at SGPN Store. Make sure to include your YouTube username in the review so we can contact the winner. And... Don't forget about Underdog Fantasy. Again, Underdog Fantasy, proud partners of the show, has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy football team all season long. Underdog has introduced the Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100 times payout. And for a limited time, Underdog is extending their first-time deposit bonus up to $500. $100,000 given away every Sunday on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players will get ten k each. As far as the underdog this week, I'm going to go with Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds to get the over. Dave Montgomery is expected to be out. They love Craig Reynolds. I saw a video about them talking about him and absolutely talk. They love this guy. And and we saw Jameer Gibbs did get 18 or 19 touches last time when when he was out. But Craig Reynolds is going to be pl- get plenty of work. Give me the over on his rushing. Watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over at underdogfantasy.com. And don't forget to use promo code SGPM when you, when you sign up so you can get your first deposit bonus doubled up to $500. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. And so I gave a little bit of a shrug because T. Higgins for Keenan Allen came out, and I was like, what? Dynasty? I get it. I get it. It's a good dynasty move, and for the long run, it's a great move. You have you, like you, you on paper have to do that. If you're a contender, it's going to be really hard to make that move because well, we've had our conversations about T. Higgins and how he can go away and come back and go away and come back. Keenan Allen has been the epitome of consistency this far this year. But yeah, from a dynasty perspective, Keenan Allen is we saw it, he's worth a, a second round pick according to the you know the trades we were looking at two weeks ago. Higgins is worth the first. It's easily Higgins' side, but it's a very difficult decision to make if you're a contender because right now Keenan Allen is giving you every week production and T. Higgins is not. That's fair. That's fair. Consistency? We ready to go to consistency? Let's let's talk about consistency. I think it's uh it, it's extremely important to look at because you're looking at all these top twelves and everyone you know see how they did last week. Let's see how how they do on a week-to-week basis. All right. Let's see if we got that up. All right. We can see that. All right. Good. That looks good. Looks, looks good. 
All right, let's start with the quarterback position. Let's let's go through. We'll just kind of talk through your most consistent uh, quarterbacks through the first uh, six weeks of the season. Let's see if it lets us sort here at all. Uh, it doesn't. But that, it, that nice hundred right there for Justin yeah, Herbert. That's- really hoping it let me sort there like that, but a hundred percent. Even with the down, I'll say down game that we saw yesterday on Monday Night Football, it wasn't the greatest performance or the greatest showing for Justin Herbert. For, but from a fantasy perspective, if you're looking at a quality, we'll say an average or an absolutely monstrous start for the fantasy season, you cannot deny that Justin Herbert is the model of consistency from the quarterback position. This dude is not busting. He's got too many weapons on an offense that's being plays are being called by Kellen Moore, which we loved coming into the season. So does this surprise you that Justin Herbert is the model of consistency right now? Well, it doesn't surprise me because we talked about consistency. And one of the things I heard listening to his show today was going into this week, he was the only quarterback that had 20 points or more every single week. And now he has 19.2. And so he's the only quarterback that's had at least 19.2 points every single week. That is his low. And the best part about Herbert was you were getting him in a single quarterback league in the seventh, eighth round in your super flex leagues. He was sliding to the middle back end of the first and you're getting very consistent play as well as a little bit of upside, um, you know, on a weekly basis. And that's why he's QB five. Yeah, it it's, I feel like there's only up to go, even even with him being 100% consistent and he's QB5. Again, you look at Monday night's performance. It's leave something to be desired, and you just want to see him with a fully healthy team. He just can't seem to be on the field with a healthy Keenan Allen, a healthy Mike Williams, and a healthy Austin Eckler all together for a large majority or a large portion of the season. And we haven't really seen Quentin Johnston prove himself just yet. We see Joshua Palmer being the primary benefactor of that offense after the the departure uh, of now injured Mike Williams. So I want to see more. I could see him being a top two or three fantasy quarterback by end of season uh, with some just absolutely monster, monster games. So let's look at some of these guys that were a little lower. Are you concerned at all about Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson, new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken. We thought, oh, my God, the passing game is going to be unlocked. It's going to be amazing. We're going to love what we see with the addition of Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham and a healthy J.K. Dobbins coming back. What does that look like? And then Josh Allen Year two removed from Brian Dable. No real additions outside of the rookie and Dalton Kincaid. So where are you at with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson? Are they still in your top three? Or are you starting to fade because of maybe some consistency issues that we've seen this year? Uh, Top three makes it a little harder. You know, if you were to talk about like this page, all these guys I don't have any concerns about. As far as the top 13, obviously Fields and the injury, that's a concern. But Tua looks absolutely great, and I could see any argument to put Tua above Lamar Jackson and put him up there with the conversation with these other guys. Um, But again, you look, 
poor performances. A little surprised to see Tua with two. Um, you know, those below 15, you know, 0.3 points. There's been some weird games. Like Tua is they're seeing like eight touchdowns go to the running backs. He still had 28 points that week, but like you think 70 points, quarterback's going to have a monster week. They're like, you know, there's some of these games, like they talk about with the Cowboys, like Dak has had either been blown out or he's getting, they're getting blown out. And it's caused CeeDee Lamb to be sitting in the fourth quarter for every single game except for yesterday. And so there is some odd stuff you got to sift through, but no concerns here. I think as far as the top three, I still got the same top three, the ones that are on the board. But I, I, I would put Herbert and and Tua above Lamar Jackson right now with what we're seeing. I move Jackson down a little bit and uh, put him more towards you know towards Burrow and and Lawrence and and, and Purdy. Yeah, totally get it, totally get it. Hey, we got a question from Parker. Let's take a look at this. Take a little break from our consistency at the quarterback position and shift to the running backs and say Josh Jacobs for DeAndre Swift, full point PPR. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go first just because it's easy for me. I have been a truther of DeAndre Swift from the moment he was in Detroit. Uh, this has proven to me that he is the guy. Uh, after week one, you started to raise some questions, but week two on, he is the dominant force in the backfield for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's playing himself into a pretty healthy contract, in my opinion, after this season. So I'm rolling DeAndre Swift, who's getting most of the work in addition to the goal line work for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Yeah, these it's kind of an odd trade. I don't really see like there's there's not much of a difference. Swift has definitely moved up in in the rankings. I'm gonna take Jacobs just because DeAndre Swift's quarterback stiffens off a lot of those touchdowns, and and Jalen Hurts is a threat. You could have Swift have a great week where he gets 90 yards, but unless he gets three or four catches, it's not gonna be a great day unless he scores. And when you have four red zone red zone opportunities and Jalen Hurts has two touchdowns, it's difficult. And so we've seen some of that with all the Philly running backs. We even saw it last year. But I like both these guys rest of the season. I think Swift is an RB1 rest of the season. I think Jacobs is an RB1 rest of the season. And I also like, you know, it's full PPR. Rushing quarterbacks don't really check it down as much. Jimmy G, <laughs> he's a check down machine. <laughs> and you you possibly got a rookie quarterback or Brian Hoyer. Uh, Jacobs. Yeah, Jacobs is going to get – he's going to get plenty of work in the passing game, so I'm going to give the edge there. Love it. Love it. All right, let's move down the list a little bit. Let's talk through some of these uh, maybe younger quarterbacks, we'll say. Uh, so we've got rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud, obviously playing lights out from a, a rookie quarterback position. Uh, so before we get into that necessarily, um, oh my God, I am way off right now. So uh, we talked CJ Stroud, we talked to Houston Texans, blah, 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 blah. I would kill to get to a Houston Texans game right now. As a matter of fact, I get the opportunity to go down for a work trip here in a month and a half or so. The weather's still going to be nice, even though it's wintertime up here in the Northeast. And if I can get into that stadium, 
and see him. I'm going to be using the Game Time app where you can buy tickets to your favorite sporting event and it doesn't have to be stressful. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of your sports, Houston Texans games included, or it can be music, comedy, and theater. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, and you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all of the fun that you're going to have. So forget the planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and even more. The Game Time Guarantee. That's right. The Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can also give images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you're getting when you arrive and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. So snag tickets without the stress with the Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. And again, create an account, use our redemption code CFBX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We are also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. You can win bigger and better, smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. You can research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. You can enter your parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bet's revolutionary parlay optimizer tool and get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entirety of the parlay. So you can sort your players by hit rate for all of those bets to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or use hofbets.com and use our promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month to date. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. So if you check out the website, I got a Hall of Fame Bets article came out last month. If you want to know how to use Hall of Fame Bets, they got a lot of different tools on there. Very easy to use and it definitely can help you make some money. Everyone likes to, to gamble. Everyone likes to have fun but nobody likes to lose money. And so having a little bit of extra help, um, we'll put an extra coin in your pocket. But Brad, CJ Stroud, you want to talk about him? Yeah, I, I really want to bring up some of these younger quarterbacks. I'm going to give you three, four, five guys, and you tell me who you're the most comfortable with this season, uh, as well as who you are most comfortable with for future dynasty purposes if you're in that type of, uh, of mood. Give us a couple options. So C.J. Stroud, you see on the screen, 50% consistent between poor and either great or quality games. You got Sam Howe, surprise, excellent game this week. Excellent game this week from a fantasy perspective. 83% we see great or good games. You got Baker Mayfield, newly revamped Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay, looking pretty good. 63% or I'm sorry, 60% consistent. Anthony Richardson, 75% of his games are consistent. Or Bryce Young at a measly little 20%. He's got some really, really tough games under his belt right now. So out of those five, 
Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, and C.J. Stroud. Who is your go-to this season, and who is your go-to for the long term? Uh, it's Stroud and Stroud. Um, C.J. Stroud for both. Uh, I think the long term. Um, you know, my concern, everyone likes rushing quarterbacks, and I understand that. But the whole idea of a quarterback is they're going to last longer. And we're seeing Justin Fields get the snot beat out of him. Anthony Richardson already with multiple injuries. It's concerning when these guys, like, it's good to have that in your bag. We see it. Even Patrick Mahomes, he's quite the runner. People don't really know that. But having that in your bag versus that being your, your superpower, it's very hard to maintain health. And that's, that's my biggest concern with those guys. And, like, one of the questions I was going to bring up here was who's going to be benched? I think Ryan Tannehill could easily be benched here soon. I think um, I think we could see uh, – I think we could see uh, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones benched, and Desmond Ritter right there at the bottom. You know, we had a good week two weeks ago, right back to normal last week. Um, and – you know, Sam Howell, he had three touchdowns on like 150 yards. Um, I'm not as convinced with Howell. I know that that was a, a very good week for fantasy. Um, but it was, you know, it was 150 yards on, you know, just a couple, you know, couple passes that, that you know, it worked out. But um, I, I will say I, I'm very concerned with Bryce Young. He just doesn't seem like it's, 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 a lot for him right now. And, and I think part of that is the cast, but like what I like about CJ Stroud, he's got a four offensive linemen out, doesn't have the best receiver room in the league. They haven't been able to run the ball and he's looked good. And he's elevated the people around him. Very similar to how Joe Burrow was like Joe Burrow had no Jamar chase, had Tyler Boyd and a rookie T Higgins and a very bad Bengals offensive line and roster. And he elevated them. They looked much better with him. Um, but, yeah, to give Sam Flow Sam Howell his flowers, as much as I'm not sure, I'd probably put Sam Howell next on the – well, I'd put Anthony Richardson, then Sam Howell on the list. Um, but Bryce Young just – he's got to put something together. And, and I'm concerned there because that, that team doesn't have any, like, long-term options. There's no first-round draft pick next year. They traded DJ Moore and all these, you know, one-year rentals. Yeah, so how do you feel, you know, a little bit of news around the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young, Frank Reich no longer going to be the offensive play caller. Do you think that's going to help Bryce Young or do you think that's going to leave him, keep him the same or make him a little bit worse? I mean, I, I hope it makes him better, but like I'm concerned that the Carolina Panthers are going to do what the Chicago Bears did and trade a second round pick for Jerry Judy. Like, I think Jerry Judy is a much better player than Chase Claypool. But from a team build perspective, they have a very crappy offensive line. They've burned through draft capital. And then they're going to get Bryce Young killed. I would keep keep the second-round pick, go invest in the offensive line, and you can get good receivers in the NFL draft in the second, third, and fourth round and get them on cheap long-term contracts. And, yeah, maybe you can pursue a T. Higgins in free agency next year and keep your draft picks. But um, I, I do like the move Thomas Brown is is comes from the McVay system, and hopefully that works. But 
it does seem pretty odd when the head coach is, is giving up duties already. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so last question. I'm going to put you a little bit of a pickle. These are a couple older quarterbacks. Who do you prefer and why? I'm going to be talking about the current QB 23 and QB 25, and that's going to be Geno Smith and Derek Carr. You both see them around 40 to 50% from a consistency perspective. They're ranked very close to one another. So are you leaning towards Geno Smith or Derek Carr and why? Yeah, I'm going to take Gino. Um, we, we've talked about it during the offseason. Um, Gino offers a little bit more rushing than Derek Carr does. This has been uh, – it's about a rough start. Offensive line, they've, they've not been able to pass the ball because they have to run two and three tight end sets all the time because they had all their offensive linemen hurt. And so as the offensive line gets healthier, you're going to see them be able to involve JSN more. And I like I like the weapons in both, to be honest. Like I like Rashid Shahid and Michael Thomas and Chris Olave for Derek Carr. Um, but just it is a little bit of the rushing upside with with Gino. I see the 60%. It's not good. But I also understand that he left the game and, and missed half the Giants game. And he's also been missing half his offensive line. He's got a good running game to support him. And I think he's going to be very competitive the rest of the season. Um, so I'll take Gino over over Carr. Yeah, and I'm the opposite. You talk about Geno missing the part, portion of the game against the New York Giants. Derek Carr missed about half the game, a little less than half the game against the Green Bay Packers in week three. I just like the idea that they might be down a little bit more. They play Jacksonville. They play Chicago. Hopefully Justin Fields back. They're going to play Detroit. They got to play the Rams. They got to play Tampa. Like they've got some games that I think are going to be a little bit higher scoring and they don't necessarily have that bell cow running back rushing the football, right? Yes, we see Alvin Kamara, he's back, but he's getting a lot of targets as well as the outside wide receivers for Derek Carr. And I just think that's going to come to fruition a little bit more for Derek Carr through the long term or through the long term of the season. Now, obviously, if, if we're talking dynasty, uh, I, I think Gino is the long term after this season type of play. But I think right now, based on the situation, if I'm trying to win right now, I might actually try to move Gino for Derek Carr plus uh, because I think the outcome for the season might be leaning towards Derek Carr just a little bit more. So, yeah. and just right, one last. One last point to that is just going back to the upside. I don't know if Derek Carr has ever had a top 10 season. We nope. just saw Gino do it um, and he didn't have JSN. And so, like I said, that, that's, that's part of it is just upside. Both those players are not playing well. And um, Gino, they neither were drafted high, but um, I, I think they both could be good rest of the season. Yep. I, I would I would agree with that. I think I think they're both above where they are currently ranked at the quarterback position. So, all right, let's get to the running back position. We'll go through the top ten here, and Dave, you can just kind of identify who you think maybe the outlier is, who you like, who you don't like, and we'll go from there. So, number number one, I'm actually going to go from consistency rankings. So, Christian McCaffrey, a hundred percent of his games are good or great. 
right, or quality or great. Then you're looking at guys like David Montgomery and Kenneth Walker coming in at 80%. Then you have Travis Etienne and Tony Pollard at 67%. Austin Eckler, Bijan Robinson, and Brees Hall at 50%. And then Josh Jacobs rounding it out at 33%. With Jonathan Taylor in there at number nine from an ECR perspective, with none of his two games played currently, only two, uh, really maybe half of one and half of the other uh, being poor games. So, Dave, out of the top 10 from an ECR perspective on Fantasy Pros and the consistency rankings, who are you most comfortable with outside of Christian McCaffrey? That's the easy give me, gimme. And who do you think is maybe the sleeper in this right now that people may be fading? Yeah, I mean – there's nobody that I that I dislike in this group. This is the top 10 running backs for a reason. Um, I would say that somebody that I have some concerns about would be Tony Pollard. Um, Tony Pollard, we we've always you know heard the the noise about can he handle a full workload? He saved his day on a play yesterday. If he didn't have that one play, that 50 yard catch. It would have been a pretty bad day. And as a runner, as well as a pass blocker, he's getting a lot more. He's getting banged up. He's ha- having to do a lot more of the heavy lifting. And I think that on the trade deadline, they could end up bringing somebody in. It would be nice to see, you know, to see see some moves during during the, you know, during. And we have all of these running backs that are going to be free agents next year. Tony Pollard, one of them. Josh Jacobs, one of them. You got Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. Uh, there's a lot of, of potential moves. And then as far as like Jonathan Taylor, he might be the sleeper of the group. Listen, I told everybody to pump the brakes two weeks ago. I told everybody to pump the brakes on Sunday. I, I told the guys. People thought, well, I'm not buying that narrative. Jonathan Taylor is going to get the workload. No, like, but it was a 50-50 split. It went from a, a 60-40 where Zach Moss really had 60% 40 to 50-50. I think it goes back to 60-40, but Jonathan Taylor is going to get the majority of the work, and then eventually maybe a 70-30. I don't think it's going to ever going to be uh, Jonathan Taylor gets 90. Zach Moss has earned playing time, and playing time and opportunity is absolutely earned, but Jonathan Taylor is the guy. And so I think he's someone you can buy, buy low a little bit on, um, but I, I'll, I'll stick to, to those two. Yeah, I, those are my – so I, the same but different. I think Jonathan Taylor is absolutely a buy. For me, Tony Pollard is a little bit of a fade, a little bit of a sell, right? Um, not because I'm concerned that they're going to bring in somebody that's taken a bunch of work away from Tony Pollard. But when I look at Tony Pollard over the last three weeks, it's been absolutely atrocious. He's going into his bye week, week seven – then he's got to play the Rams and Aaron Donald in that front. Then he's got to play the Philadelphia Eagles in that front. Then they got to play the Giants, who have looked much better against the run here as of late, much better than they did in week one or two when they played uh, the Cowboys to begin with. Um, they, they just got some tougher games. They have to play Philly again after week nine. They still have to play Washington uh, twice with a, a stout defensive front. I do believe we're going to see him fade a little bit. I don't think he's going to stay in the top 10. And if I can get top 10 prices for him right now, I'm taking it. Especially when I think about a 26-year-old running back 
coming off of a major anchor major ankle injury on a one-year franchise deal. Do we really think that 27-year-old Tony Pollard is going to get a long-term bell cow contract next season? I don't believe so. Dave, do you believe so? No. And so, like I said, I just listed the whole list of players. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we see there's a couple guys that are, you know, if you scroll down a little bit, you're going to see Saquon coming up soon. Um, you, you're going to see, like, Pacheco's looked a lot better. Alvin Kamara's getting a whole lot of passing down work. Um, you know, I think this is an interesting group. But, like, Derrick Henry right there. Like, I, I know this this could be an absolute hot take, but Derrick Henry could be on the move. The T- Tennessee Titans, they, they're not playing well. They could be sellers here in a few weeks. If Derrick Henry wants to move to a contender, imagine Derrick Henry going and playing next to Tony Pollard. That would crush Tony Pollard's value a little bit. Or Derrick Henry on the Ravens. So I think Derrick Henry could be an interesting play. Um, obviously, if he stays on the Titans, he'll be just fine. But, you know, putting him behind one of these better offensive lines and one of these better offenses would be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a look at these guys. We'll kind of name them for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube. Uh, whether you're listening or watching, make sure you give us a like, give us a subscribe, uh, check out all of our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, articles, rankings, all of the above. But hey, we talked Derrick Henry at number 11. They got DeAndre Swift at number 12. Dude, 31-year-old Raheem Moster leading the league with 11 touchdowns right now. Absolutely crazy. Coming in at number 13, Saquon Barkley, number 14, Isaiah Pacheco, Alvin Kamara, Brian Robinson, Aaron Jones at 18, Joe Mixon at 19, James Cook at 20. And I'm going to bring these other two in because I think they're worth a conversation. And that's Damian Pierce at 21 and Ramondre Stevenson at 22. So, Dave, is there anybody in this group that you think from a consistency perspective is either a sell because of their consistency numbers or a buy because of their consistency numbers? Yeah, I mean, for me, looking at it, you see these guys on the bottom, 19, 20, 21, and 22. Joe Mixon, James Cook, Damian Pierce, and Ramondre Stevenson, all very, very inconsistent and all have low, low performances. I think those are guys that I would check in on, see what's going on. We know what was happening with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. The Bengals are starting to heat up. Mixon is someone that you can go and – he does get a healthy, you know, healthy workload. And then, you know, Damian Pierce, he was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. Like, I think his yards before contact was like negative 1.5. Like, it was bad. And, you know, you look at like good good lines are offering one or two yards before contact. He was getting negative. His line, line should be healthier soon with Tunsil and the boys coming back. And that offense is much better than expected. He doesn't offer much in PPR formats. I wouldn't pay a whole lot for him, but those guys are interesting. And then, um, you know, Stevenson came back, looked good, then he got hurt. Um, so I think Stevenson is a guy, if you watch the game, he looks a lot better than the stat show. He left, he got hurt. Um, we missed a few injuries earlier. Christian McCaffrey's banged up. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson's banged up. And then um, David Montgomery's banged up. Yeah, for sure. And we talked we talked a little bit about DeAndre Swift. He's the top of my list out of this group of guys to go and and look, I'm willing to pay for him because 
mainly the the touching or the feeling out that I've done of DeAndre Swift owners is they still don't believe that this is a long-term thing for DeAndre Swift. They think it's kind of a flash in the pan, and I just don't see it that way. So I still think you could get him at a fairly reasonable price. You might be able to obtain him for a singular 2024 first. And I really think I would I would think about doing that from a dynasty perspective if you're looking for that additional running back to make your squad a true contender this season. There's a couple guys that are interesting to me. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is, I think, a guy that you definitely need to go feel out and try to obtain. He's too talented that this is going to continue to happen. Uh, I think they've got to make some changes. They're going to figure out. They're going to start to feed Ramondre Stevenson the ball a little bit. Those wide receivers create no separation whatsoever. Every single throw that does not go to the wide receiver named Kendrick Bourne is a contested catch. And they're, you know, 50-50 jump ball kind of thing. And when you've got Devontae Parker and Juju Smith on the other side of those, they're not going to come down with a ton of them. So I really think that Ramondre Stevenson is going to start to see a little more utilization in the passing game than what we've seen in the past. And I'm a little bit on the opposite side of the coin from you on Damian Pierce. And I'm interested on what your perspective is because the last two weeks, We've seen upticks with Devin Singletary and his opportunity to touch the ball that is not only eating into Damian Pierce on passing down work, which we kind of expected, but now he's starting to take carries away from Damian Pierce as well and actually looks better than Damian Pierce uh, with the ball in his hand. So is that any concern of yours, Dave, that Damian Pierce – that split is starting to get a little too close to 50-50 to where Damian Pierce may be the second option. No, I mean, I know you were calling for Singletary to take his job <laughs> a couple weeks ago. I, I'm just not there. I don't think they invested enough in Singletary. I don't, I don't know if either of them are the starting running back for the Texans next year. So I'm not investing a whole lot in Damian Pierce. Plus, like you said, he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, passing game involvement. But I, I do think he's someone that that you could see get better. A guy that I would sell, I know that Mostert is the screaming obvious one. Isaiah Pacheco has looked good, and he's looked good on prime time. And, yeah, he's he's definitely someone I'd like in my lineup. Like, I'm okay with that. But he's someone you could sell for what he's worth. And you look, 50-50. He's got three great games, and he's got three bad games. And you're getting a 50-50 shot, but he's coming off of two good games in a row. He actually had a little bit of passing game involvement the other day. And I think you could sell him for a premium, maybe get, you know, some of the guys we talked about plus. Yeah, the other the last one I'll talk about in this group before we move on to the wide receiver position to close this out is going to be James Cook, right? We saw the major injury uh, to uh, um, Damian Harris uh, this week. James Cook is likely going to be the guy that gets a majority of the work. I know he's not a pass catcher or a pass blocker, and they really trust Latavius Murray in that role. But James Cook is very explosive. A little bit of a downer game if you look at it from a a fantasy perspective this week because he didn't have any catches this week. 
but he still looked really good on the ground, averaging a good yards per carry and showed that explosiveness. And I expect that Buffalo offense to just continue to improve throughout the season, very similar to what I expect Philly to do, right? We've seen these offenses kind of start sluggish as they're getting used to play calling and things of that nature. Uh, I do expect them to start to level out a little bit as we progress through the season. So I I think James Cook's going to continue to see an uptick in volume. And I think that consistency is going to start to sway on the further, the the higher side of 50 than than the lower, you know, going down throughout the season. So, all right, let's move on to the wide receiver position. Let's take a look at our top 10 ECR in uh, uh, wide receiver uh, consistency rankings. So Tyreek Hill, believe it or not, Number one in ECR, seeing 83% of his games being absolute monster games. Then you got A.J. Brown at number two, Jamar Chase number three, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams rounding out your top five. Now, a couple names outside of the top five that you see 100% of the time they are giving you great or quality games, and that's Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, and Amon Ra St. Brown. Dave, my question for you are either of the three of the are any of the three of them in your top five rankings? All right. You said St. Brown. Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup. You're the three 100 percent consistent players. Are any of them worthy of being top five options? Yeah, I think you can make an argument for for Cup. I think you can make an argument for Allen. I don't know about Amon Ra. Um, just because there's good options. It's not because I dislike any of those players, and I, I think it would be four and five or just five if I'm talking about Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup. I mean, it's hard to move Tyreek Hill out of it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not moving Tyreek Hill out of it. I'm not moving Jamar Chase out of it. I'm not moving uh, Stephon Diggs out of it. And you know, A.J. Brown is someone you could go back and forth on. He's getting a ton of first-read targets. Um, but the guy there that I would move out is Devontae Adams. We don't know the quarterback situation going to have, you know, this and that, but he's been banged up over and over and over. And I, I just don't know. Like he's, he looks great, but he keeps getting injuries and these injuries are piling up and, and the Las Vegas Raiders are not winning a bunch of games. So you could see him shut down or something like that. So I got, I, maybe this is a super hot take, um, but consistency matters. Right. And that the big reason we're talking about this is to give you nuggets of information that you can use to set you up down the road. Because what you can afford is a two catch 30 yard game in the fantasy football playoffs, which is what you can see with some of these players. So am I absolutely bonkers crazy? Let's say I'm in our, it doesn't matter, redraft or a dynasty league. The plus is a little bit different, obviously. Am I crazy for saying I would rather have Amon Ra St. Brown plus than Jamar Chase? I mean, it, it, obviously the plus matters, but here's the thing. Amon Ra St. Brown, very consistent, and, and Keenan Allen, very consistent. I'd put them very close to each other, but you look at like Jamar Chase is going to have some league-winning weeks. And if you go into fantasy football playoffs and you look over at my roster and I got any of those, the Tyree kill Jamar chase or AJ Brown, you might be a little bit more scared 
than if I got a Monroe St. Brown. You're like, yeah, I know he's going to get 15 points guaranteed, but I'm not afraid of a 50 burger. I I get it. I totally get it. Um, it's just when I see consistency metrics of Jamar Chase, where he gives me a 50-50 chance of those 50-point games, I get it. I'm on Ra's not giving you a 200-yard, three-touchdown game, right? You're realistically only getting one, at most, two of those a season with Jamar Chase. But when I know I can roll into a nine-catch, 100-yard game basically every week with Amon Ra plus a touchdown every other week or every couple weeks, that consistency when I can get a plus from a fantasy football perspective is huge. So let's say Jamar Chase is your wide receiver. This is a tough example because of what happened with the Bengals the first three weeks. Like I, yeah, I'm not even counting the first three weeks, to be honest. Like just in general, right, you can see Jamar Chase and see some of these games very similar to what you could see Mike Evans do, right? Mike Evans, one catch for one yard. Maybe not to that extreme, but you'll definitely see those kind of dud games with him right now. So if if you don't have the depth to roll Jamar Chase out because your wide receiver two is Gabe Davis, would you consider Amon Ra plus another pretty consistent player instead of Jamar Chase and Gabe Davis? That's kind of where my head's at, right? Do you do? Does it make sense to go and get one of these more consistent players that's still giving you 15 plus points basically every week? For the sacrifice of that one time, you might get 50 points. That's a week winning game. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it depends on the plus. If the plus is, you know, you're getting uh, Traylon Burks, no. But if you're getting, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown and Brandon Ayuk for Tyreek Hill, or, you know, you scroll down a little bit, yeah, you get uh, a Chris Olave plus an Amon Ross St. Brown. Now we're talking. Michael Pittman. Um, you know, now we're, we're talking, you're getting a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two for a wide receiver one. Um, yeah. that, that's, and like a team construction, like you said, and the opposite, if I got a whole bunch of depth, maybe I do the opposite. If I got four right. or five guys and I'm hitting up SGPN fantasy football lounge and going, Hey, which one of these great receivers do I start? Like we had someone that had like four wide receiver ones start two, And I'm like, you kidding me? Like just pull him out of your hat, dude. You know, like you're not gonna yeah. you want to sit Amon Ross St. Brown, but he's your worst option. Um, then you go and package two of those guys like Jalen Waddle and Puka and go get and go get Jamar Chase and and do that with that guy that that you know has a, a need at the wide receiver two spot. I love it. So the last question for the wide receiver position, you see three guys on the screen at 33%. Devontae Smith. Zay Flowers, and Michael Pittman. All three young receivers, all three on their first contract with their team, um, all three on, you've seen good games, you've seen bad games, obviously, from the consistency perspective. Dave, do you have a preference from a dynasty perspective out of these three between Devonta Smith, Zay Flowers, and Michael Pittman? Devonta Smith... Uh, I'd probably go Zay Flowers over Pittman, but they're very close. But I think Devonta Smith is the clear-cut one in this one. Um, A.J. Brown's not old. 
AJ Brown's 26, be 27, but he's he is a player that has had some knee surgeries. Had you know his, his he may not get another contract with the Eagles. I don't know if he does. And so Devonta Smith has a clear path to be the number one there. And I think AJ Brown's got one or two more years um, with with the Eagles, and he may move on. And so um, Pittman he'll be a free agent not this year but next year. And then Zay Flowers is in that Baltimore offense for the next few years with Lamar Jackson, which is good but not great. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a little bit higher on Michael Pittman. I really like what I've seen from him this year. He's able to get open on most routes. The guy creates separation very well, just like Zay Flowers, just like Devontae Smith. I think the plus that I like there is he is the clear-cut alpha. He is built like an X receiver as well. So I really like that around Michael Pittman. So I'm above Zay Flowers with Michael Pittman but I do still have an absolute love joy for Devontae Smith. Uh, so he is slightly ahead of Pittman for me uh, as well. So two other guys I want to at least mention that we have not looked at on here. Give you a quick second to, to throw some thoughts out uh, around Drake London and Marquise Hollywood Brown. Not in the top 30. It doesn't look like they're not from an ECR perspective. But look, Marquise Brown is the clear number one in that Arizona offense, and he's looking pretty good at with the likes of Joshua Dobbs throwing the football to him right now. Kyler Murray uh, may play this season, maybe not, but when he's back, look, they traded a first-round pick for Marquise Brown. This guy is going to get a contract. I can't imagine that they moved to first and are going to let that walk. It would be very shocking to me if that happens, so I do look for him to get re-signed. And Drake London, again, like Michael Pittman, is a true alpha, and we've seen him kind of come to light over the course of the last couple weeks. He's seen a lot of targets uh, through at least after week one with his one-target performance. We've seen no less than six every week after that. We saw double-digit targets finally this week. He went over 100 uh, yards. So are you interested in Drake London and Marquise Brown as maybe lower level targets for your dynasty squads. Yeah, for the dynasty squad, I mean, I, Desmond Ritter is not it, and the the problem is, is the Falcons aren't going to be in the top ten of the draft to be able to get one of the top top quarterbacks. But I still think they're going to get one. And there's an argument. There's probably there's two guys that are for sure first rounders. There's an argument for Michael Penix. He does have multiple ACL injuries. He's an older guy. Everyone's going to love him, but then when you kind of start the scout, put the scout hat on, he may not get first round draft capital. Quinn Ewers beat Alabama, but he's still not really generating full, like top 10 buzz. Then you got uh, Drake May, looks like he's in. Then you got JJ McCarthy, Shador Sanders, Bo Nix. Like any of those guys could be the Falcons quarterback next year. And all, all of those guys, I think, are an upgrade over Desmond Ritter. <laughs> Um, and I'm probably missing somebody, Riley Leonard. I'd probably take him over Desmond Ritter as well. Um, so Drake Lennon could be in for a, a quarterback change. He's going to be there. Marquise Brown, it looks like he's going to get an obvious increase whenever um, Kyler Murray comes in. But like just looking at this year, I would take Marquise Brown over Drake Lennon just this year. Yeah, uh, four games, double-digit targets he's got. Marquise Brown season. looks legit. 
I know that the our Arizona Cardinals are kind of trending down, but Kyler Murray, if he does come back, is is it's gonna be it's gonna be a plus. Um, but he's just getting such a good target share, and it's a bigger piece of pie. Uh, it's a bigger pie than what's going on. You know, you have such a small, small concentrated, uh, you know, targets, and then you're way, spreading it out. Yeah, you're, you're spreading it out. Like, how many are actually going to the receivers? Like, I want to break that down. Like, they're throwing the ball 20 times a game, and at least 50% are going to tight ends and running backs probably closer to like 12. And so it's, it's very rare that they actually throw the receiver and yeah, Drake London gets the majority of those, but it's just not, there's not a, not a big volume. So it's like, man, he got 35% target share. It's like, yeah, 35% of 20 targets versus like <laughs> 30. Like I'd rather a guy with 25% of 50 targets. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. I just wanted to kind of touch base on those guys because I think they are by low candidates as well. They're kind of flying under the radar a little bit. People aren't really talking about them. And I think you could get them kind of cheap from the dynasty front. So, Jamie, Eagles, Dolphins, Dave, I'm leaning Dolphins here. I'm rolling with the just the explosive offense. Tyreek Hill is uncoverable. It does not matter who you have on the other side, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, none of that matters. No one is stopping him. And I think you just see an absolute offensive display yet again from the Miami Dolphins. This is the number one and number two offenses in the NFL. And the crazy part is there is a 688-yard difference between the Dolphins and the Eagles from one to two. There is like a like, – I'll send it to you. There's like a 100-yard difference between the 6th and the 20th offenses. It, it's just crazy. Um, they're both really good teams. It might come down to, uh, you know, a, a fumble or a turnover or something like that. But I, I'm, I'm going Finns, not just because I'm a Giants fan. They're just – they're like Hansel. It's so hot right now. Yeah. Uh, I, Kenny. You smash that if you can move T. Higgins for Amon Ra. I think that's a if that is a one for one trade that that's all day every day to me. Yeah, that that person must be a Bengals fan. Give me Amon Ra, please. Yes, sir. Let us yes, know if that. Uh, let us know when that trade happens, Kenny. Yep, for right. sure. As always, good luck this season. Cheers.